Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs, and delighted you're with us. One thing we can all agree on is Joe Biden has made a mess of this economy in two long years. Even the hard left in this country is tiring of pretending that Biden is really, truly the president of the United States. He's not. And no one man in charge could have messed the country up this much, not even Biden. No, America's so messed up, it has to be the work of some kind of committee. Maybe a dark secret cabal of crazed Marxists who pull all the strings of our puppet president. Biden, with another mental moment, by the way, another mental moment or two, when talking about the number of bank failures rising by the day. Biden promises banks are safe. Taxpayers won't be covering bank losses. And he blames Trump and says the Silicon Valley bank executive should be fired by golly. Someone might tell the president that the FDIC fired them a few days ago. Speaking of a mess, Congressman Mike McCall made a mess of his moment in the TV lights this past weekend, declaring Mike Pence was right to condemn Trump for January 6th. And McCall says the January 6th videos will not show what he called tourism at the Capitol. Problem is, that's exactly what those videos show. Unfortunately, McCall was so busy trying to tell people what he wanted them to see that he missed the video that already has made liars out of the Marxist Dems and the Liz Cheney Republicans. And now, with the intelligence community and so many of the recent reports and central to the issues facing the nation, whether Chinese spy balloons, the Nord Stream pipeline sabotage, the Russian war against Ukraine, or domestic surveillance of American citizens, we thought now would be a good time to bring in people who've worked in intelligence gathering and get their perspectives on the surveillance state that America has undoubtedly become. Our guest today is former NSA intelligence analyst Russ Tice. Russ worked as an analyst and operations officer for the Air Force, the Navy Intelligence's Naval Security Group, Defense Intelligence Agency, and the National Security Agency. Russ conducted many global intel missions, including those related to the Kosovo War, the USS Cole bombing, Afghanistan, and Operation Iraqi Freedom. Russ Tice was also a whistleblower. Speaking out publicly in 2005 about NSA retaliation against him for revealing the agency's covert spying on American citizens. We'll be talking about Russ's career, what he lived through as a whistleblower, about his service to the nation, and today, his views on what is happening in this current era of espionage and surveillance in America. Russ, Thanks for being our guest, for being here today. What is your perspective of what's happening now in our country 
to our country? Well, the body politic. Uh, apparently, um, we've gotten to a point now where um, every, everything that's being done in this country is being monitored by uh, the intelligence services, uh, in particular, National Security Agency. Um, every bit of anything that's done electronically in this country is collected. Um, of course, uh, word for word, not just metadata, word for word, uh, all conversations on the telephone like we're having now, all your, your digital communications, your texts, your emails, um, all transactions on your credit cards um, and any other financial means, your bank accounts, it's all being collected, every bit of it, every citizen of the United States right now. We are truly, you're saying, uh, we are truly now the, the surveillance state. We certainly are, full-fledged. And when we talk about intelligence, uh, everything, every communication, uh, in point of fact, being recorded by NSA, how, how in the world are we to maintain any semblance of what are their basic American values, uh, that is, uh, the right of privacy, uh, the right, of, of course, of the public to know what is happening and who is uh, doing what to whom, uh, in the course of the past seven years, as you know, we've watched a president uh, be the, the the target of a years-long political persecution by the very people who are supposed to be uh, surveilling our enemies, who are supposed to be uh, stopping espionage and any and and defending the republic. Uh, it now appears that the the spears are pointed, the federal spears are pointed at the at the everyday American citizen? Well, they have been for quite some time. And as far as uh, our former president, um, I've made mention when he first became president that this man had no idea what he was up against. Uh, the cess swamp that is Washington, D.C., uh, realized that this man could not be controlled and he was not going to kowtow to their whims uh, like uh, I do believe uh, Mr. Obama did. So they were they were against him, and they had the knives out from the very beginning with Mr. Trump. Well, it was the intelligence community of Barack Obama uh, that uh, that were working against President Trump. There was no secret about that, in in point of fact. And uh, Crossfire Hurricane, the Russian collusion, the attempt by the Justice Department, the FBI, uh, elements of the intelligence community. Uh, to frame Donald Trump are a matter now of historical fact, and now the American public may not know, but all of the information is there for them to educate themselves. Your thoughts about where we are now? We're, we're approaching the reauthorization of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, uh, the, the FISA uh, Surveillance uh, Act, and we're we're going to require uh, a re reauthorization of Section 702, which is the basis for for all of this wiretap, uh, or at least much of it, uh, that goes on in this country. What are your thoughts uh, about that impending uh, uh, vote? Well, un under the, the W. Bush administration, NSA, uh, totally ignored the FISA regulations illegally and unconstitutionally and started off on their campaign uh, with uh, the, uh, the meta collecting metadata. So um, 
then then we see abuse after abuse, and then they say they're going to come out with a, with a, a new uh, ability to control this, and then they're going to now we're going to go to the FISA court. Now we find out the the FISA court has been ignored again, or they've been lied to. The, the interesting thing about the FISA court is they have no means of pushback. They have to take whatever the the intelligence community tells them as, as gospel and trust that they're honorable people. Unfortunately, these are not honorable people anymore. So um, the the entire the entire system has been uh, um, basically uh, jumped to the point where where there is no oversight anymore. And we have a system where where Congress itself has can possibly be blackmailed by by and the former president, by the way, because in 2004, um, NSA started collecting. Uh, all of uh, targeting all of Barack Obama's and a whole lot of other important folks' uh, communications. So, you know, Barack Obama at first said he was going to clean up the intelligence community. And, and to be honest, I was kind of for um, Mr. Obama, even though I'm basically a conservative, if, you know, with that, uh, with that promise. Of course, uh, once he got in there, he just doubled down on, on the uh, intelligence collection. And I, I believe he was compromised. Now you're you're making that very clear, uh, implying certainly now saying it straight out. Uh, you think he was blackmailed? Correct. And, and on what do you base that? Well, the fact that he said he was going to clean up the fact the the, the community, uh, he did not. And then you know things like when they had uh, government uh, lockdowns, um, the the intelligence committee was not affected by any of that. The intelligence community and NSA has been swimming in money since 9-11. I mean swimming in it. Whatever they want, it goes right through Congress, and they, there, there's no opposition. So you've, you've got to wonder if no one is throwing up a red flag and saying, you know, what's going on here, and everyone just kowtows, um, uh, that, that, that something is going on here, and I, I believe – that uh, the NSA is the lifeblood of the deep state, um, and that's and this is a bipartisan thing. You know, and, you know, whether you're conservative or liberal or whatever, you know, this this thing can be turned against anyone. So it, it, this is not just a oh this is against Republicans or this is against this organization or that. This is an organization, basically a, a, a internal cabal that that is controlling our government. The deep state, as uh, as we refer to it on on, on this podcast, uh, that is the permanent bureaucracy, uh, and the and the group of Marxist Dems who, with the deep state, are managing the federal government. Uh, it's as if the the presidency is a a a sidebar to to the entire uh, governance of the nation. When you mention NSA, and we probably said NSA here more in the first uh, few minutes of this podcast than most people have heard uh, the reference uh, in in probably years. NSA is just not an agency that people talk about. It doesn't seem to make its way into the news. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, reading uh, reading a number of articles recently talking about 702s, the NSA wasn't even mentioned. Uh, in in the stories, uh, th why is that? Well, you've got to wonder what kind of claws the the deep state with NSA has within our within the press as well. So um, 
they, they perniciously now uh, control what's going on to the point where, you know, information is power. And, and the top of the heap, as far as information, is NSA. And they try to keep a very low profile. So then um, they have these little campaigns that, uh, you know, of, um, of positive press, that, uh, or they just try to pretend like they don't exist. Matter of fact, the uh, way back when, when I first started at NSA or in the business, the the uh, the moniker was uh, NSA meant no such agency. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, and things, of course, have gotten a little. You know, people kind of you know they hear NSA and they go. Oh, I kind of heard of them. They're like, uh, you know, uh, you know, they collect the information. Well, yeah, they do, and uh, and they're collecting it on you, the American citizen, illegally and unconstitutionally. The American people are being told by their elected representatives in the House, the Senate, uh, and the Gang of Eight. I want to talk with you about the Gang of Eight situation here uh, as, as we discuss this further, uh, but the. The idea that it's metadata, that there is this vast uh, overarching collection of data, but they don't get down into the detail or the minutiae of uh, single words or sentences spoken by an American citizen, because that would be unlawful. Is that the reality as you understand it to be? These are semantics that they're talking. The, uh, here's what's happening. The information is being collected and then stored. Now, now, could every communication in this country be listened to by, by a human, you know, NSA analyst with the earphones on? Well, of course not. That's not capable. But what happens is, is they have mechanized the system that it goes through all sorts of filters. And first of all, all the information is stored at this huge facility in, in Bluffdale, uh, Utah, this humongous data uh, uh, system as far as um, – a memory collection system that they put out there. A the giant black, a giant black cube out of the middle of uh, uh, Utah. Well, it's a, it's more expansive than just a cube, but and and it has the ability to expand if wanted. But uh, there's no way that that system that that facility was there just for metadata. Metadata you could put into a building the size of uh, I don't know the. the the Trump building or, or less. Um, but um, so this, this thing is designed to collect everything. So basically what they're saying, what their semantics and their, their little wiggle is that they don't consider anything a collected or, 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 or um, uh, a surveillance until they have someone who is listening to it and actively working that information. So they're playing a little game with us. Well, it's a game, uh, but it's a deadly game in point of fact, because the, we have seen this country change markedly since uh, September 11th. And part of that reason is uh, the, 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 the upsurge uh, in the activities of our intelligence agencies. Uh, we talk about 17 agencies, 18 agencies. And, and Russ, recently we learned that the, the Department of Homeland Security has an intelligence organization within it. We found out that the Energy Department has an intelligence agency within it, uh, in which we are, from which we are learning, uh, that the they decided to pronounce Wuhan as the, the Wuhan laboratory as the source of what most of us speculated at least uh, was the source, and that is the Wuhan Virology Lab. Uh, so, how many intelligence agencies? Do you have any idea yourself? 
of how many intelligence agencies are operating? Well, technically, I think they say there's 16. But think about it. Now, now we're sharing all this information is being tapped into uh, or being allowed to tap in, into by NSA, uh, by the post office, uh, by Homeland Security, by, by uh, the IRS, by all these organizations are using NSA's collection databases to go after people. And, and obviously what we're seeing is for political reasons and, and also to go after a, a, what was a, a current president, now a former president of the United States. This is, this is just, um, just all-inclusive, and, and they, there's no bounds. I mean, if they can do this to a president of the United States, what, what capability do us little people have against such a, a capability um, system? Well. Yeah, we have none is the I think the correct answer, uh, and it's it's really very important that the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate make a a real determination on the reauthorization of 702 uh, to be very careful what they do. In 2000, I believe it's 2018, President Trump had argued against the reauthorization of the 702 section uh, of the FISA Act, and and made, and then suddenly changed his mind. Uh, and I've never understood why he did. I, I've actually, I've never talked to him about it. Uh, it. It was just so disappointing because I truly believe that a lot of pain and suffering, uh, including some of that of the president, could have been uh, at least mitigated uh, if those 702s had not been uh, reauthorized then. So here we are uh, six years, almost six years later, after 2018, about to do the same thing again. The Republicans, many of them, are saying that they'll fight against it. Uh, your thoughts about whether they should, uh, It's and your judgment, your assessment of how critical the 702 uh, FISA section is to national security? Well, I imagine, as far as uh, uh, President Trump uh, changing his mind about this, I imagine that these profligates in, in the intelligence community came to him and gave him some song and dance about, oh, the, you know, if, if we don't do this, uh, you, know, there will, you know, American citizens will be at the whim of terrorists all over the, the, the world, and, and they will now, now they'll be in our backyard. So they basically did, did the old scare tactic. And Mr. Trump not being, you know, um, someone, I mean, I mean, obviously he's from the business world, so he's a savvy guy. But he just did not understand at all what was what was, you know, he was in for when he was dealing with this with this crowd. So um, I think they gave him the song and dance, and he fell for it, um, and hence the the uh, the extension thereof. But um, I think he's smarter now. I, I think the man has woken up to what what's out there. But this, as far as the 702, an extension or not, it, it doesn't matter whether they do or not. NSA is going to do this regardless of what the law says, because that is their history. They've, they've violated the law over and over and over again. And then, you know, then they just, you know, they, they move back to, to another wall and say, okay, well, we won't go beyond this wall. And then once you realize that they're lying on that one and you tear that wall down, they have another wall behind that one and another, the, just a, a labyrinth of walls. So it's um, until until we hold them accountable. Remember, these these uh, these are are criminal uh, statutes that 
that in violation, for instance, initially it was, I think, a $50,000 fine and five years in jail for one violation. Now, who has been held accountable when, when General Michael Hayden started this off? Uh, Michael General Hayden should be in jail right now for billions of violations of the law, um, except you, um, you see him on talk shows, or he's, well, he was one of the guys that, that signed the, uh, the 51 intelligence uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, the professionals that signed the letter that said, um, you know, that uh, the, 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 laptop from, about, uh, the laptop from hell was Russian disinformation, they claimed. You know, well, well, you know, of course that was done to, to you know, to, to put a veil around, uh, you know, the the candidate, uh, uh, Mr. Biden. Um, so, so it was interference in a presidential election. Straight up, it was interference in a presidential election by the intelligence community, the Justice Department, Bill Barr, the Attorney General, and the FBI. And apparently, some parts of the military is inclusive with uh, the, with General Milley basically committing treason with the Chinese and what he said. Um, you know, I, I was a military guy, and you know, you just can't you can't do something like say, well, I will I will cavort with our enemies, and if it's something that I don't I don't like or I don't agree with, um, that that's not how the military works. That I do believe that you know, you know, in wartime. Uh, basically, uh, you know, the, the remedy for that is a rope around your neck and uh, and, and dangling from there, for, you know, from an oak tree. So um, this thing is is now an incredibly expansive. And because Mr. Trump could not be controlled, he he could not be bribed because he has his own money. He's made it, he's made his own fortune. Uh, uh, you know, any foibles and, and uh, discretions he's had because he's lived in a fishbowl, are known, and he's been forgiven for those. Um, and, and he, you know, he basically can't be blackmailed because of that. So he is, a, as far as the intelligence community and the deep state and the Seth Swamp that is D.C., he is a bull in a china shop, and he is an existential threat to their existence. And, and, and I'll be honest, I, I would love to see him back in the White House and I would love to see him just tear them asunder, which is what needs to be done. The question becomes, and by the way, I agree with you, I would love to see that as well, and tens of millions of Americans want it as well. But what we're witnessing right now are oligarch after oligarch stepping up to say, I want Ron DeSantis, I want uh, Nikki Haley, I want uh, Pompeo, Mike Pompeo, uh, whomever it may be, anybody, anybody but Trump seems to be the view of the Republican establishment. Uh, and it's an awesome amount of power. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's an awesome amount of power uh, that they that they are bringing to bear against this president. And we're some, you know, we're quite distant from the election. But it's also the reason that we saw the January 6th committee to destroy Donald Trump. It's the reason that we saw two impeachments and now a second special counsel investigation. And from all of it, over the course of what is now almost seven full years, not one single instance of wrongdoing. I have to say, he is the only candidate who is certifiably clean because if there had been anything, 
anything in their uh, <laughs> in the intelligence agencies, the FBI, anyone's uh, scanning of his career, his life. It would have been out there in in bold, bright uh, letters, you know, put up against uh, the you know the night sky. It, it is just uh, it's uh, just stunning to see the the immense and as you say the formidable force of these intelligence agencies acting together as they have, but with one target, and that is Donald J. Trump. Well, I imagine this has been a learning process for Mr. Trump because. Um, and the, uh, the stamina and the fortitude of this guy to be able to put up with this and still come out with all the different policies that turned our country around and got our economy going and, and you know, the peace and the you know, process in the Middle East and all the things that he did, um, which, which, of course, will not be installed in, in the press, the mainstream press. But, um, but, but he, this has also been a learning process for him. And the, and the reason... It needs to be Mr. Trump, is like I said before. He he cannot be he cannot be bribed and he cannot be blackmailed. So, no, but he, but you know what, Russ? He can be beaten down. He can be crushed, uh, and that's what we are watching the, the deep state and the Marxists uh, of the Democratic Party trying to do here, and the intelligence agencies, and the FBI, the Department of Justice, all bringing that awesome power, trying to destroy this one man. Uh, they're, they've given up in trying to, to scare him. Uh, they've uh, given up in trying to intimidate him. They have given up uh, on, on so many levels uh, because they could not produce the material necessary. But what they can do is support his enemies, support his rivals in politics and business, uh, and try to crush him. And I truly believe that's the only explanation uh, for what has been going on for seven years. We've never seen anything like this in the country. And we can extol all of his virtues and his terrific values, uh, all of which are immense and, and frankly, I think, unprecedented. Uh, but what the American people aren't doing is learning from the experience. You're talking about he's learned a lot. The American people don't seem to have learned a lot. Uh, and our our government, uh, our two political parties haven't learned a lot. They are running over this man to this very day, trying to prosecute him in state courts and uh, federal courts. And they still have, what, 800 uh, political prisoners that they're holding in, in D.C. Uh, area jails and prisons for January 6th. So, you know, I, I just wonder where do you believe the intelligence agencies are in all of this? Well, they are at the heart of all of this. They they are the lifeblood, especially you know, Fort Meade and NSA. They you know, the information is power, and um, basically, when you have uh, um, you know om omniscience, um, then, then there's you know there's nothing that you can't do. All these other candidates, you got to wonder, you know. Um, can they be? Can they be bribed? You know, when you say I'm, we're going to make you a multimillionaire, or, or you know, can they? Can you find out that they've had an affair in the past, or that they've they've had some sort of you know, you know, uh, issue, a land deal, or stock trades, or whatever it may be, that can be used against them to control them. Uh, the thing we know about President Trump is he cannot be blackmailed, 
and he cannot be bribed. And that's why he is, as far as I'm concerned, to be honest, I, I didn't vote for President Trump. I, in the last few years, in the last three or four elections, I do a write-in for Rand Paul every single presidential election. Why is that? Rand Paul. That? Pardon? Why is that? Because Rand Paul wants to deal with, with our national debt. Um, when a whole lot of Republicans and a whole lot of Democrats are spending like drunken sailors, and that's sort of an insult to drunken sailors because at least they spend their own money. But um, he's, the, as far as I can tell, the only guy in Congress that wants to turn around our country as far as the, the economy, which is, by the way, a runaway economy, is a national security threat. Um, and that's why I uh, – and, and, you know, he basically is a constitutional um, uh uh, conservative, and that's that's where I fall in line too. So that's why I've been voting for Rand Paul. But this coming election, um, I'm on the side of uh, Mr. Trump, and I will I will do everything. I am certainly going to vote for him, and I'll do anything in my power to you know, walk around with a sign or whatever I can do to help him to get him back in office to, to stem the, this tide because we are we are approaching an event horizon here, and uh, at some point. When we go over that edge, there will be no coming back. We'll be sucked into a, co- a massive, mega, cosmic vortex that there will be no return. How close do you think that event is? You know, that's a good question. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing right now where, where, you, where there's a couple um, news networks. That one has already been thrown off of, off of uh, the public's TV screens, and, and another one's about to be thrown off. So they're going after... Any, that's another sign, a hallmark of, of a dystopian police state, that they want to control the narrative. Um, and that's happening right now also. Um, my gosh, you know, Tucker Carlson comes out with some, some videos of, uh, of what really happened in the, in the, in the Capitol on January 6th a couple of years ago, and, and, and they're screaming bloody murder. Lord forbid that the American people see what actually happened. You know the old uh, sunlight disinfectant uh, um, equation. So they're they're like vampires uh, squealing uh, when the uh, holy water uh, hits them, uh, and that is the truth. They cannot stand the truth. Uh, the the deep state, the Marxist Dems, uh, Chuck Schumer. My God, I thought he was going to break into tears at the, the at the prospect of the American people actually seeing for themselves on video what actually happened, rather than taking the word of uh, the the cretins uh, of the January sixth committee. It's 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 just nuts uh, to, to see what the uh, the first reflex of these of these Marxists truly is. Uh, let's turn to, and I want to take up in the next, uh, our next uh, uh, podcast discussion, I want to take up a number of things. And that is, why is it, if NSA is so powerful, so very powerful, and omniscient, I believe is the word you used, uh, they are, what happened to Hillary Clinton's missing emails? What happened to those devices? And why did we have a record? And why didn't our agencies have a record? of what was actually said on them. And uh, your thoughts uh, uh, about that? Well, think about that for a minute. If, if you're going to have a, you know, someone who you want to put in power, do you want to have someone so lily white clean that you, that you can't come up with you know, a, a Mother Teresa candidate that you, know, you have nothing on? Or do you want a candidate that you have all kinds of dirt and skeletons in the closet that you can easily control them? Um, Mrs. Clinton is, um, I mean, 
I imagine that that uh, it's not only it's not only uh, you know a, a thousand uh, skeletons in her closet, but they're but they're zombies, you know, banging on the closet door to get out. So, that's quite that's quite an image, Russ. That's quite an image. Uh, and so, and I, sus- I suspect that you know the the reasoning is apt. I also want to you know just think about uh, Epstein. Uh, suddenly he commits suicide uh, in, in his jail. Uh, in, in New York, uh, and we have no, we don't have that list of names now, but we know agencies have the list of names. We know that the American people are being protected from themselves because these good, wonderful uh, agencies of the of the deep state are looking out for us. Why isn't, the, why doesn't any of this material uh, come forward? Well, because apparently a lot of the uh, the folks that were involved in visiting, uh, you know, his uh, little um, pedophile island down there in the Caribbean, uh, are some very powerful people that uh, that are either in the deep state or being incorporated into the deep state, and and also people wonder, you know, where this guy got all his money. Well, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a trained intelligence analyst, and first of all, you look at all the different machinations of what happened there in that New York uh, prison, and and a five-year-old would be able to figure out that yes, this man was assassinated. Yeah, it's that it's that blatant. So so why uh, and how did he get tens of millions of dollars? Well, you know, more than likely, uh, back to our intelligence agency and probably a couple other intelligence agencies. And now I'm going to talk about the CIA in this one that that he was involved in setting up people for our intelligence services to be blackmailed by using uh, the sexual um, you know contact with underage uh, girls. And we've, we are sitting here as we discuss all of this. We are looking at historic decisions that are, that are impending right now. Uh, and that is uh, whether or not to, to reauthorize 702. We have not heard anyone try to hold to account 51 intelligence uh, veterans uh, who signed that letter, which gave a corrupt uh, vice president uh, by the name of uh, Joe Biden, a former vice president at that uh, time, a shield against which uh, to meet the the prying media and, of course, his opponent, uh, Donald J. Trump. Uh, they changed history, and we know that they're changing history almost every day uh, because the agenda is not a public agenda. It is an agenda between uh, very powerful groups, whether they be uh, whether they be corporate, Wall Street, uh, ed- educational uh, organizations, associations, the, the World Economic Forum, the Davos donors, if you will, uh, and, and the list goes on. Our, our next visit, Russ, what I'd like to do is talk about what your role was when you became a whistleblower and why, uh, what your motivation was and why you stepped forward uh, at that particular moment, uh, as you were one of the the top analysts within the within the NSA, uh, and I'd like to close out here today, if if we may, with the what is a clear clash between uh, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, the deep state, and that's over the issue of classified documents. Only one of the people who has, it's been discovered had classified, top-secret, compartmentalized, sensitive information was Donald J. Trump, president of the United States, but who has the the power to reclassify, declassify any 
uh, any document that is in his possession, and that in his possession it becomes his, in point of fact. But Mike Pence, uh, Joe Biden, uh, and now others, why, why do you suppose there is even a debate about uh, the powers of declassification and who has which classified documents? Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, given your experience uh, and your knowledge? Well, I, I was a classifying uh, agent for the intelligence that I produced. So, so I would set the intelligence, and I was allowed to change you know, a, a security clearance designator if I, if I felt that it was needed, although I would have to contact a security control officer to let them know and give, give a justification for doing so. Um, the president, as you mentioned, the president five minutes before he was no longer president could have waved his arm like you know, with, a, with a wand or something, like uh, Mickey Mouse and the Sources Apprentice, and said, I now deem all these documents in this room or wherever to be now unclassified, which would be, guess what, perfectly legal. He has that right. right. Now, that would, that would not be very good bookkeeping in the intelligence community, but nonetheless, he legally could do so, and that would be not a problem. Now, these other guys, um, you got to wonder, you know, are, are they saving documents because they, they want to write a book and this is their reference material? Um, are, and in, in one particular case uh, where, where you might have it in a garage uh, near your Corvette, you wonder if your son isn't digging into that and using that to sell uh, influence with foreign um, potentially uh, adversaries and ultimately make, uh, make themselves rich by tens of millions of dollars. Let me ask you a question just as we wrap up here. A very, this is just a very quick answer, if you would, please. Uh, I, I know you're under time constraints. Uh, why, why in the world is there such a resistance to say the word enemy in this country right now? It's in the media. It's in politics. We know that China, for example, is our enemy. We know, for example, that Russia is our enemy, and certainly the Iranians. I, in no circumstance, think of them as adversaries, rivals, or competitors. I think of them as enemies. Why have we lost the ability to be plain-spoken uh, in this country? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I guess people don't want to hurt people's feelings. In the State Department, they never want to say enemy because they always want to try to make friends with people. But... Um... But we're in a situation now where, where Russia and China are basically now teaming up, and this is a nightmare scenario. Oh, these are both nuclear powers. Um, it's, um, to me, the enemy is communism. You know, when I got in this business, I was gung-ho to fight communism. It was back in the Cold War, the end of the Cold War, and I, and I would work, you know, you know, 12 hours a day, and I was the guy that got there early, made the coffee, and I was the guy locking up the safes and the doors on the way out at night, a workaholic. Um, and, and to me, you know, the, the communists are, are the ones that want to take over, and the ones have that in their, in their, uh, their literature. Um, as far as Russia is concerned, um, do I believe that Putin wants to take over the world? No. Do I believe that he wants the same borders that he wants? And by the way, I'm a Sino-Russo specialist, so I, you know, I've studied the history. You know, Russia has been attacked by the Tartars, the Swedes, the Napoleon, the Hitler. Um, so, so um, they're a little bit paranoid. So, when they told us, you know. Don't be messing with the Crimea because that's where their big military naval base is. And what did we do? 
Then we started talking about making them members of NATO, and that's under Obama. They took the Crimea. They had a national security interest. The United States, the United States had zero national security interest in, in Ukraine. Um, the Russians have a whole lot. So, so to me, you've got to understand where the Russians are coming from. Now, uh, is Putin the kind of guy that you'd want your daughter to go out with and that you want to have a picnic with every, uh, you know, every Easter and that sort of thing and raise your kid? Uh, he's not a sweetheart. Um, but you know, it, he's not the only you know guy that we've had to you know to deal with who's not a sweetheart. So, um, as far as the term enemy, um, yes, there are enemies. Um, but you gotta you gotta realize me, if you have too many of them hanging up on you, you're in trouble. Absolutely, Russ. We appreciate it. I look forward to our next conversation. I appreciate you being with us today here on the Great America Show. Uh, thanks so much, Russ. It's my pleasure. We'll talk to you the next time around. Russ Tice, in my opinion, a great American. Thanks for being with us. We'll be bringing you our conversations with Russ each week on our politics, our conflicts, domestic and foreign, and the modern surveillance state that America has become. We hope you'll join us for those conversations. Thanks for being with us today. Here tomorrow, our guest is former top DEA official and agent Derek Maltz, fentanyl the Biden regime sellout to the cartels and the poisoning of America. Please join us tomorrow. Till then, thanks, God bless you, and God bless America.